the Tell Us of a Societal podcast, and we have one of my least coherent episodes ever. The most effed up scenes off the top of my head <laughs> that I just randomly thought about while well, trains in the background. I'm sure I'm going to hear that train, so and then I can do about that. But I can't tell you this. The scene at Breaking Dawn Part 2 from Twilight. You already know what I'm talking about just off of that. But I think it's I think it's beginning of part two or end of part one, one of the two. When you have Jacob, and I I think it's pretty eloquently stated in the uh the book. As eloquent as a Twilight book can be. Um but essentially Jacob imprints uh onto What's her name? Ro- Roselia or, or Rose Rosemel, whatever the fuck her name is. Um, and I just thought about that shit out of the uh, the blue. Renesme. And I'm thinking, like, it's a fucking I, I this honest to God. I didn't I didn't watch most of that movie back when it came out. But I'm just thinking right now. It, it's probably the weirdest thing that people have been largely okay with ever. Probably probably the probably the weirdest thing maybe. Um I know it, it was you know it's adopted from the book, but so Team Edward and Team Jacob, obviously Edward ends up getting the girl. Anybody watched the books, I guess knew that but fuck if you read if you, you read books of twenty 2012 and go fuck yourself. Um, so, so Stephanie, Stephanie Meyer has Jake. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Jacob the werewolf ends up seeing the baby that um, I can't remember I forgot her name. Uh, what? Goddamn, what's her name? Bella Swan. There you go, Bella Swan. Like the kid that Bella Swan has with um with Edward. And apparently, uh, here, here's what it says right here. By way of Jacob's best friend and fellow werewolf, Quill O'Tara, Jacob explains to Bella that Quill is an apprentice on Emily Young's two-year-old niece, Clara Young. Though Bella expresses discomfort by the idea, Jacob assures her that Quill's feelings are anything but romantic, though they will grow that way when Emily grows up. So it's like the mark of like I'm not a pedophile now, but I'm like I'm I'm like a layaway pedophile. That's probably the name of this podcast, layaway pedophile. <laughs> it's a layaway pedophile. He literally is like I saw this two year old. This two year old is really fucking like I can't say I want to say I'm put in fucking prison, but <laughs> this two year old is really uh, interesting, uh, attractive. Um, I don't like her yet, but I'm gonna like her when she comes of age. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why would you write this principle out? And this is what, this is what Taylor Lautner says, who, who, you know, of course, handsome motherfucker does um Jacob in the movies. I remember the first time reading the book, the fourth book, Lautner recalls, recalled an interview with Collider when he spoke about the final Twilight movie. The fourth book came out, I was like, all right, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Is Ever gonna end up with Bella? Is Jacob gonna end up with Bella? And I was so confused, I was like, wait, he's trying to get with Bella the whole time. And he strikes out, so he dates her child. I said dates. It really took a second. Um, 
He wants to fuck Labella's daughter. It is probably the worst thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. I don't think I've ever heard like it's book content, right? They gotta adapt the book. You know, if they if they want to use the life, they gotta adapt the book. I get it. It's a fucking baby. He sees a fucking baby. And even if you just watch the movie, like I'm gonna rewatch the scene right now. I don't think I've heard of anything that I would least like to adapt than a guy who's pretty much the third most important character in the series. Um you can say tied for a second, I suppose. And then he sees a goddamn baby. And I think what's happened in the scene is that he's about to kill the woman holding the baby. I think that's Bella's stepsister or sister-in-law. And he sees the baby. He looks at the baby's fucking eyes. He has like a future sight. I'm, I'm like actually just saying like scene by scene what's happening in this shit. He sees her grow into a young woman. And he's like kind of, I guess, in love with this this evolution of her into a young woman. It's kind of like it's like skipping, like literally skipping to the future is what's happening there. Um, and I know, I you know, I understand that as it's written in in the book, and I think also in the movies towards the end, she's set to grow up um, faster than the average person would, um, and like basically, like she would grow like two years ahead of you know, whoever, like a normal baby would. So she's pretty much the same age as Jacob by, like, the end of the book, the end of the movie. But at the end of the day, he's, uh, he was attracted by a fucking baby. And I think at, at the end of the day, this is nothing you can do to get past that. Uh, number two, equally as spirited by um, weirdo writers and weirdo books, the orgy scene, um, from uh it i think that one kind of got a kind of got a lot of a flat uh, at, the, at the time i don't know why the fuck stephen king did that shit i don't, I, don't, I have no idea i don't there's no way you can ask god get past that i just don't i don't give a shit he had kids fuck each other one was a female he wrote he wrote kids fucking each other there's no other way around that shit that that it's literally the worst scene I've ever heard described ever. I, there's no, like, I'm watching, I'm looking on Reddit, it's a Stephen King Reddit, r dot, r slash Stephen King. It's probably the worst thing I can imagine that to defend it. Like, let him do what he does with writing it, but don't defend it. I mean, it's it's almost absolutely like people saying it's not an orgy. It's written as an orgy, and then the guys who are supposed to interpret it are like trying to interpret it as if it's not an orgy. They are literally like saying, like, "It's you know, we're doing our best to make sure that we don't make it seem like an orgy because it's a fucking orgy between that." It's so weird that he even. That he wrote that, and here's his um, this is his uh, explanation in 2013 before it blew up. Um, I wasn't really thinking of the sexual aspect of it. The book dealt with childhood and adulthood, 1958 and grownups. The grownups don't remember their childhood. None of us remember what we did as children. We think we do, but we don't remember. It's really happened. Intuitively, the losers knew they had to be together again. 
The sexual act connected childhood and adulthood is another version of the glass tunnel that connects a child's library and adult's library. Tom I wrote that scene has more sensitivity to those issues. At what point ever was it okay for you to write? Apparently, I guess it was okay back then because it's fucking booked and no one thought about it back then in an interview about that shit. Um, what time morally was it okay to write to write an unorgy scene? After the group of kids who call themselves losers at the center of the story manage to find the creepy clown, they find themselves lost in the stewards. They're in sewers right now. Beverly, the only girl in the group that informs them the only way to get out is for them to have sex with her. What follows is a very unusual, really talked about scene in Foster having sex with each boy. In 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 context, the fucking thing is chasing down kids. And they have sex, quote unquote, they're adults. This, this is another this is an updated uh, response you had when the movie came out. That sounds like my statement. To it, I just add it's fascinating to me that there's been so much comment about the single set scene and so little about the multiple child murders. <laughs> that was me something about not sure what. So he's he's preparing a multi a multi page um set scene that he written that he wrote and it's comparing that to the myriad of a fake clown that that isn't a human entity that's not something that's produced on this planet eating kids one thing is one one act is literally taboo in the modern world and should have been taboo in 1986 um the other act is a fictitious thing that's completely impossible Something's wrong with Stephen King. Something is very wrong that he got. I don't know if he wrote himself into a hole where the origins is the only thing he could think to get out of that hole. I don't know if he just wanted to write a child origin scene. Um, I, I next next um. I'm definitely gonna like get flagged for this this episode right here. Um, and this is how people defend this. That that was King's response to the outrage. He was like, "Quote: Out of every demented, twisted thing I put in that book, that's what you get upset about." End quote. That's that's not the point. Um, I mean, you would, I guess, be pre, um, proposed to thinking, predisposed to thinking, okay, he also had a guy that, uh, like smothered his, like snuffed his damn infant brother and like would just snuff out animals. And there was a guy that like was hated like black people. Um, now those are pretty bad things. Those are things that you would probably reasonably find. Like, like the snuffing animals part, I don't know. But I, I, I just don't know. Like, that's not unreal. Like, finding a guy that burned down black people, that, that's pretty common in 1959, um, 1958, whatever. Writing child orgy scenes is not common. It, 
Stephen King is at that point, like uh, Harvey Weinstein or um, Woody Allen, where, or I kind of think a little bit before, like right now, like like ten years ago or fifteen years ago, before and those things really got heightened, uh, where he could pretty much probably do about anything, and it's just a subsection of people that support him and his artistic endeavors that's going to like be able to explain whatever he was to do uh, thoroughly and fervently. Uh, the third one I actually forgot because I took so much time explaining how fucked up it is that Jacob, um, that Jacob imprints as a little fucking kid. I don't think that, uh, I didn't think I was going to have to put so much effort into that one. So, um, <laughs> I had a third one. I really did. Um, but if y'all know of any, um, Please uh, let me know. Uh, I'm kind of small in time, so I can remember. Uh, I don't think I'm going to remember any time. So. Oh, yeah. The... Um, the uh, Gaspar Nolan, the 10-minute rape scene with uh, Monica um, Bellucci. Yeah, that, that was fucked up. I think I, I think within context that um, it's not, this, you know, I, I probably should say that one for the first one and move on to the other two because the other two, when I really think about it, it's not as bad. Um, it's pretty bad. It's one of the most um, despicable things that I've seen in a um, in a movie. Um, but it also, I mean, fits that movie, I think, a little bit more than, 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 uh, than, a than a child origin scene. That, that scene right there is probably the worst thing they could possibly ever think of. But this, this 10 minute, uh, scene, I think would, would probably be... The worst thing that has graced a movie theater, um, maybe ever, maybe, maybe ever, or at least in the modern era. Because I mean, it came out, so it couldn't be the worst thing ever. But a ten-minute scene that is occurring with some despicable guy that beats the shadow Monica Bellucci um, before that. Here's, here's a brief description of how this worked out. Um, because the subject of the movie was a rape, I said it has to be as powerful as it can be to be disgusting enough to be useful, says Noah. If you can do a movie with a rape and don't show you how to point, the thing is that you show in a disgusting way you help people to avoid the situation. Like in Clockwork or Orange, when they show images of Terry and Michael McDonald stopping doing those things, it's useful that it's shown. The scene was shot six times over ten in two days. Noah said she had no idea how long it was going to last. That was in the hands of Bellucci and the actor playing her assailant. Deuce is a complete like, just jobber, I guess. The results were great the first day, even more perfect the second. They had six takes of a nine-minute rape scene. Um, just, you know, I mean, again, they seem to have gotten the free will to decide how long that went for, but they were more and more confident with each other, and as they were further and further, I don't know if it's going to last for six minutes, ten minutes, twelve minutes, or whatever. Don't see it in her hands, even the guy who's playing the rapist at her service. And she didn't want to do a scene like that. She was said it. I really admire her taking that scene before. And that right there is why I don't really think much of this scene 
as I've gotten a little bit um, farther from it, it um, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad to watch live, but it is at least explained within the idea of an art um, art. It, it, I mean, it, it is art. It's contextual amongst all the actors and actresses featured. I know I'm kind of a hypocrite because in the end of the day, Stephen King, I believe, legitimately just thought that displaying the orgy in the way that he did was the only way to really bridge the gap between that part of the book, the first part of the book and the second part of the book. I get that. And I don't believe Stephen, Stephanie Meyer wrote Jacob being a pedophile. I just think that I, I think she's kind of just a bad writer. and She kind of put herself into a hole with the whole, you know, pretty much make him, making Jacob and Edward, you know, toe-to-toe with this girl for so long. But obviously she had to pick one. And I think she just kind of just couldn't give up on that angle that she was working with, with between Jacob and that family. I think it's just bad writing. I don't think it's really she wouldn't write a pedophile. But at the end of the day, with all three of these, these are very tough reads slash watches very tough and that's why i think these are three of the toughest scenes that i have interacted with if you like this very concerning episode that i do not believe i should put out but you know you got to have these tough conversations i think i'm hoping that what i do with this episode is that it makes you people kind of really reevaluate what you're watching and think this is pretty fucked up, and maybe shock value isn't what I want out of the shit I put in there. And maybe we won't get shock value. <laughs> maybe we just don't need more shock value in products. But I will say one thing. I'll never compromise an artist's decision to do what he does. I would never, like, see, like, if it was me in pre-production, and, like, I, someone gave me the script to fucking Irreversible. It's like, nine-minute uh, uh, Monica Bellucci rape scene. I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to take them and stop this but you know, probably ask the right questions about okay why is this happening what's the inspiration is everybody in on this blah 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 so just kind of contextualize these things a little bit more just don't let them fly by Stephen King got away with that shit for 30 years before someone's like this is kind of fucked up and he had the answer for that shit this the connotation needs to be given immediately to scenes like that uh, and I hope that maybe this episode can kind of allow us to have conversations <laughs>